I'd encourage everybody now more than ever, every single week, get your fingers dirty on the data of what's actually happening in your local market. It's a local business. This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 139 of The Real Word. Word is up. I love, love, love this question we are leading off with for racket number one. Let's do it. All right. Put old Inman. Patrick Kern, staff writer Inman, posed what I believe is a serious question, a conversation we should be having in the real estate industry as eyes are and continue to be upon us. Should agents be forced to disclose referral fees to consumers. A new analysis by the Consumer Federation of America determined that 51%, so basically half of consumers, believe referral fees are unfair if they are not disclosed. Nicole, your quick take, your two cents. What are your thoughts? I don't, I don't, well, I, I feel like I have so many questions because I, they're, so in the article, it's talking about these referral fees. Yeah, do you want me to read the quote here from Stephen Please. Brobeck, yep. a CFA senior fellow and uh, the reports author? Yep. Referral fees are hidden from consumers yet reinforce high commission rates and provide an incentive for agents and the agencies to make referral fees referrals only to agents willing to pay the highest fees. So that's the, the take there. At the very least, agents should be required to disclose these fees effectively to the consumers who end up paying them. So there's a couple different things going on here, Nicole. Let's break it down from really two different angles. Right. One is you're, say, an agent here in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm down in Florida mm -hmm. and I say, hey, Nicole, I've got somebody wanting to buy a summer house right. in Connecticut. Yes. They're my clients. You're a great agent. I've yep. been following you on Instagram forever. You're, I mean, you're amazing. I have these I conversations every day. Wouldn't want to send anybody, nobody else, my clients, right. other than you. So can you help them find their summer home? Of you course. say yes. Yep. And then you say to me, what do you want for a referral fee? Well, I'll say licensed. I don't usually, I don't, I don't typically ask, to be honest. You just assume it's the standard. 25%? Yeah, I'm like, hey, send me over your referral form. I'll be happy to sign right. it. Or send you're me. happy to sign whether they're maybe even at 30, you'd be happy to take the new Absolutely. The new lead. So you get this referral. We yep. come up with some type of referral fee because I'm licensed in Florida and you're mm -hmm. licensed in Connecticut. We mm -hmm. do a referral. We pass off the clients. Really, a lot of times too, it can be the fact that my client said something to me because maybe I've been their trusted advisor for years or decades. Hey, do you know someone? Can you find me someone? Can you interview people? I know you're yes. very connected yes. throughout the industry. And in, in, so boom, go ahead and make that referral. Now the consumer in that instance may not realize that I gave you this recommendation, mm -hmm. them the recommendation to work with you, that I'm actually getting compensated on that recommendation. They may or may not realize okay. without the disclosure. So right. there's that one. The other whole part of this, and they do but reference I, it in here, is yep. the fact that when you as a consumer call Zillow right. and you get connected with an agent, and a lot of these markets, the flex markets, you are now basically okaying by you using Zillow, the consumer, 
that there is going to be a referral fee paid if you transact with that agent because that agent is, is obligated by their contract to send Zillow now a referral fee. So it's kind of two different ways. Should, right. Ultimately, the well, question is, should, should the consumer know that there's compensation being, uh, you know, traded back and forth. Well, there. again, I mean, there's so many, there's so many situations here. Cause so I feel like there's so many different scenarios. Cause in my mind, I would like to think that your client that is in Florida and asking for your help, they would probably love the idea that you were getting paid to help them. Yeah, certainly. I would that want, is, you, and listen, I would, we, I'm so in, sorry like that I'm going up here. Like, is there any way that like this can work for oh, you? I've been in situations where the consumer has said, hey, I work with so-and-so in another state and I really like you, I wanna work with you, but I wanna make sure that they, cause they took that phone call with you, I wanna make sure they get something out of this. I've right. heard that from consumers. Of or vice versa, right? Where they're saying, hey, I wanna make sure Byron gets something out of this, some type of referral. Cause I feel like, I, I feel like if, if a lot more clients knew that you, I mean, even, even family, for instance, I feel like if a lot of family members, agents, family members knew that you could actually generate a referral fee, if you helped them even where they lived, I feel like maybe more would actually then utilize that. Mm. No, that's how I feel. Right. But I guess we're talking, I mean, in my mind right now, we're really strictly talking about a buyer side because this thing about continuing to drive up commissions, I don't feel like is is wildly true on a buyer no, side because you well, are 100% getting paid based on whatever it is that that listing agent is offering out. Yeah, I mean, basically they're going with... Uh, you know, that this is raising commissions. This is not because this is a smaller portion. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. Here's what's interesting. It is a smaller por portion historically of deals where there's a referral fee going forward. Nicole with Zillow flex yeah. and, and some of these things, the referral fee is going to become like attached to almost Everything. every buy side commission right. going forward in this industry. So you could argue that, because of what what's happening with that landscape, not mm -hmm. just Zillow. Let, let, let's be fair here and, and say everybody, Op City mm -hmm. and Realtor and all these right. different places that are doing the referral platform now. Mm -hmm. They're keeping those commissions high because there's really no margin there after for the broker, the team, the agent, mm -hmm. the marketing department, X, Y, and Z. All that comes out of it. So it will keep the commissions higher. And, and obviously there's a huge class action lawsuit of why commissions are set at a certain thing. That's a whole another conversation but just yes or no should consumers get this disclosure I, I mean i guess i don't i mean i don't i don't see why not yeah i don't see I don't, why not i either. mean why I'm, i mean i have no problem telling yeah. anybody i have no i mean there's i, I why not really exactly. i mean there's nothing to hide and, and here's the thing if you're truly adding value in your referral so if you're an agent referring to another agent are you actually sending them to the best person? There are like referral groups out there that make you just send to people within their right. group. That to me like is Like those not, BNI. There's a and lot all. of different examples. Yeah. Like well, I don't know that BNI requ requires any sort of referral fee though. Uh, they they're, they they're just, just requiring want you to. Refer I'm not yeah. talking about BNI. I'm talking yeah. about national and right. global things in yes. real estate where they require you to become a member of this thing and then referrals can only happen within those particular right. groups and companies. That's not what's doing best for your client. What's doing best for your client is saying, I'm going to refer you to the best in this market because she does X, Y, and Z. Great. It fits into your goals. I know yeah. your goals intimately and this fits into it. I, now, I, I do think 
anytime, like in the banking industry, anytime somebody's being compensated for something in our industry and a consumer is involved, there should be disclosure around that. Before we ever sign a listing, one in company, we are having them, you know, here's the commission, here's what we're paying the other side, and here's any other fees associated. Like right. being very clear on what that seller is paying. I think same thing here for the referral fees. The consumer should understand. And again, most of the time, if you're providing great service, yeah. if you're being somebody who's educating your right. client consumer, right. they're gonna be fine with that. Well, especially if you, I think you have to explain it properly though too. Cause you know, yeah. I can see like a buyer being like, well, does that mean I have to now pay you? Does that mean that I'm paying more? Does that like, I think you obviously have to, be very good in your, you know, your your lingo with explaining it if you are going to be disclosing it. It is interesting though because I do feel like there have been a few times where we've been negotiating on a contract or even like inspection items and I've heard an agent be like, you know, I can't I can't negotiate like I would give some of my commission but I'm already I'm having a referral. I'm already having to pay a referral on it, so I can't go any lower. Right. And I'm like, well, I never even really asked you for that. Like right. Let's just get this like figured out. Like I'm not even going after your commission. And if there's so. and if there's disclosure and say a consumer is going after the commission, if there's disclosure around the referral, they can say, Hey, listen, I want you and the referring agent both to reduce by twenty percent to make this deal work. Now, whether they all agree to do that or not is one thing, but at least the consumer has full awareness right. over the dollars because it is their transaction. Right. It is not the yeah. agent's transaction. It's no. the consumer's right. transaction. That that is something we, we've got to keep in the yeah. front. I of do our think mind. though that I mean, I feel like I'd be happy. I'd I want you to get your, your split since you helped me. You and know? I'd be happy to make this uh, a disclosure we may we we probably should be more conscious of the referrals that we do um, so do you think like when we're meeting like a zillow buyer we should disclose to them hey like so nice to meet you just so you know i mean is that is that now is that our responsibility or is that is that zillow like whose that responsibility is, is it to disclose at that that's point kind the of agent zillow's, that's getting uh, I, in that situation i think it's zillow's responsibility because they went to Zillow the brand to start with. They did not go to Nicole White to start with in that instance. They went right. to Zillow the brand. So I guess that's the question too. Is it is it up to, like I'm referring this to you, so is it up to me yeah. to disclose to that consumer or is it up to the person that's receiving the referral to then disclose, Listen, there's, hey, I'm getting 25% knocked off of my commission to go to your buddy. Think about all the stupid, silly forms we have people sign. Oh, I need to disclose it. Oh, we own this affiliated we own this affiliate. This, yeah, that, we have a thing. mortgage company. This is way more important to me, and 51% of consumers agree, this is more important information that the consumer uh, should have at their fingertips. I wonder what would happen, though, because if, if Zillow has to disclose and then the consumer says, no, I don't want that to happen, then what happens to that lead for Zillow? Yeah. Maybe they don't want to do it yet because they're afraid of, of what, what could happen. Of course hmm. not. Anyway. It's a very interesting question. I'd love your feedback. Speaking of which. Zillow, uh, pick it up. I'd love your <laughs> feedback in the comments on uh, yes or no. Should agents be forced to disclose referral fees to consumers? I don't think this is a racket at all. 51% of uh, consumers agree with me. Nicole uh, agrees I agree. as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, there. why not? All right, racket number two. Another Inman article. These 10 housing markets are poised for serious trouble. A new study by Go Banking Rates looks at the top U.S. cities most likely to see a poor housing market in the near future. 
Uh, is this because of COVID or just in yeah, general? Yeah, so as the coronavirus uh, pandemic drags on, mm-hmm. different parts of the country are feeling the brunt of the shutdowns and economic disruptions very differently. Like for us in the rural part, the shoreline part of Connecticut, we've kind of won, right? There's well, been a lot of buyers over here. Uh, for right some, now, we've won. For right now. We're winning right now. Some suburban enclaves are seeing sky high demand. So suburban and even urban or uh, no, I'm sorry, rural, which right. we've talked about mm-hmm. at length here on the show. They're seeing high demand while others have seen home values drop dramatically just a few months into pa- the pandemic. The mm-hmm. new study by Go Bank and Rate looks at the top 50 American cities most likely to see a poor housing market in the near future. We're going to talk about the, the top 10 here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's some small cities with long struggling economies uh, while other affluent affluent California enclaves that saw record high home values spike over the last decade are now feeling the crash of such unparalleled growth. A lot of California in this top well, 10. Well, I not mean, surprising no, either. not at all. I mean, that was a whole bubble already. Jackson, Mississippi is one. Longview, Texas. The reason why this is interesting to us is one. there's a Connecticut city on this top 10 mm-hmm. list. Longview, Texas. Uh, Redwood City, California. San Mateo, California. Mm-hmm. Fremont, California. Loretto, Texas, Santa Rosa, California, Lake Charles, Louisiana. They got problems right now with uh, the storm. So that- Man, they get, that whole south is getting slammed, though. Stamford, Connecticut, and Albany, Georgia. So four of the top ten were California. Stamford, Connecticut, which it particularly is interesting to us, while home to a number of high-paid tech professionals, the Connecticut city of Stamford regularly makes a list of cities with a poor economic outlook due to a housing market disproportionate disproportionate with the entire population mm-hmm. at $579,000 home prices average they're down almost a percent from last year and 1.18% from a year ago one in every 5200 homes yeah, we're is talking foreclosed $7,000 off of what your house was worth over 24 months ago yeah. i mean um that's I interesting that is very interesting and so this is uh who who they use this go banking rate study. It's a Veronica. Oh, do it. Do it. Uh, do it. Bondarenko article it. here on Inman. <laughs> you know what's more interesting than this, Nicole, is uh, we'll also post this is a market watch article. Opinion the COVID-19 lockdown is squeezing real estate from all sides and threatens to burst the housing and mortgage bubble. Bubble. So this one talks about. Are you the- feeling like we're in a bubble? Well, when you start reading this article, yeah. you, you might you might get convinced that we are. Here's why: because of our percentage of growth in the in the short amount of time. Well, there's this huge growth and and median home values certainly in our market have gone up. Yeah, They've I mean, I think quickly. anytime it goes over five percent. Yeah, we're talking over twelve in right. a short period of time. So, but it's interesting because I do feel like like we have we always have, we've had this discussion. Yep. Like the interest rates are so much lower, know, where it's like so interest rates are low, home values are skyrocketing. But and we talked about this recently, delinquency rate. For FHA insured homes, the total USA, 17%. So this is not people in forbearance. These are people delinquent. I read an article. I was actually going to send it to you. They said there's a mil- 1 million delinquent homeowners that are not in forbearance. They're not even in forbearance. They, they, haven't, even, they haven't even gone to their mortgage company. That's maybe correct. they're worried. Maybe they're scared. Right. Maybe they don't want to go into forbearance because they haven't been properly maybe they don't educated. Think they, can it. Yeah, they, haven't, they don't even know about it. And, and if you call the bank, by the way, the bank will tell you 
you it's not an option. You have to know your rights. You have to like really be savvy about right. getting the forbearance. Well, so and what's a lot of interesting people, too is that this is all over. Like the first round is up but, and expiring in October. Yeah, so this is why they think this thing's about to burst because the total U.S. has for FHA insured homes, mm-hmm. FHA mortgages, 17% delinquent rate, almost one out of five. So you think they're going to start selling? New York City, 27.2, more than one out of four FHA properties in new york city are delinquent nicole Ah. delinquent miami 24.4 percent so that's one out of four fort lauderdale one out of four new orleans basically one out of four dc 22 percent chicago 22 percent houston 21.6 atlanta 21 percent philly 20 percent long island 27.8 percent top in the list dc new jersey 40 was more than 40 percent so you think those people are doing because they can't afford it or because they're able they think they're able to i think if you're if you're delinquent right now you can't make your payments well you, know you would I mean? hope you would because hope. a lot of these people with the median home values rising like we've talked about yeah actually have equity and yet they're still delinquent on their home here's the problem you would say, well, why won't you just sell and get your equity? Well, where do you go in this market? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? They now your be, credit is shot because can't, you can't. Now you, now you can't get a rent. Can't get a rental. You're stuck. And can't so they're just anywhere. like, you know what? I'll wait out the year, see if anything changes for me. Kind of rolling the dice, right? And then if this year ends and the dice don't land on uh, Yahtzee, would it be Yahtzee? Would it, it be CeeLo? CeeLo, you ever play CeeLo? Sam? Sam knows CeeLo. CeeLo, isn't that a singer? <laughs> no. Uh, could be um <laughs> you know if it doesn't land good for you then now you're and you're out of a job you're going to be out of your house soon and you're going to see a lot of foreclosures potentially well i mean that was obvious 21 potentially I, yeah. I, I i don't i still don't think that 2021 is going to be the year i think that we're in this for a whole nother potentially you know nine months nine to 12 months i think in what in, in the in the life that we're living currently yeah but but eventually they cannot extend maybe not these types of foreclosure they are though till january 1 the foreclosures open back up well i i they're gonna extend again i yes that oh, is oh here we go oh my goodness you don't think they are that's a whole nother can of worms the, i mean if the, the government is, is telling you that you can't go and work and, and and produce income like then there has to be something on the other end i get it my point is you cannot continue eventually you shouldn't continue there, there's you should, another, the word is shouldn't we shouldn't another, continue uh, but what are they what like what's the what's what's the other well there's another uh, quote here and it's somewhere in this um here it is sooner or later homeowners in this frothy u.s housing market must pay the piper absolutely so if you want to say okay extend another six months these i'm not saying that i want to then it's 2022 we're going to pay the pipe we're going to pay the piper Yes, yeah. I'm not saying that we're not. I just don't think it's going to be next year. Here, here's the point. And I don't know anything uh, really outside of maybe a little bit in Stanford, which isn't even our market in Connecticut, but on these 10 specific markets. Here's the reminder on this conversation. Real estate is very local. Okay. So understanding your market as a real estate professional better than anybody is going to put you in the position to actually educate your clients on what's happening in your market. Because what's happening in San Mateo isn't necessarily what's going to happen here in Connecticut on the shoreline. And we didn't have a decade of spikes here. So we, we may be, never did. <laughs> we may be good. We may not be. 
continuing every single week to look at the data. Our MLS does a great job with a, with a app called InfoSparks, with a lot of graphs, and you can really dissect what's happening in your individual market. I'd encourage everybody, now more than ever, every single week, get your fingers dirty on the data of what's actually happening in your local market. It's a local business. Absolutely. All right. Uh, marketeer of the week, Realtor Mac. TikTok. Realtor Mag. Got TikTok's it. We had to. News. Come on. We're, we had to. We had to use the buzzword. I think, I don't know. Uh, I think TikTok is here to stay. It looks like Oracle and Walmart put together some deal that appeases. Yeah. Did you hear though? I think the government. president is making them pay like billions of dollars Five to, billion. to go yeah. towards. Anyways. What is it going towards? Hunger or no, no, food? No, uh, or? no, no. no. Edu- educating oh, was our it? youth. Oh, edu- even better. Well that, well, that was the right choice. <laughs> Which I think, I guess that makes sense because there's a lot of our youth on TikTok. But we know like with every other social media app, this is going to age up. You're starting to see that now with TikTok where it's aging up. You got 30, 40, 50 year olds, mothers, fathers using TikTok Are you TikToking? Are you, are you uploading I and TikToking? I stopped TikToking. I was TikToking. I think I was probably a little early for the real estate industry. You're never too early. And I've stopped because, and I'll give you my two cents on why I stopped. But hmm. uh, this is the Marketeer of the Week. It's something to think about in your marketing. Uh, I actually and, thought that these four were really good for people that maybe don't want, and that was why yeah. I asked you if you are on TikTok because I think this is really helpful because even if you're if you're not on TikTok, I think... Th- well, I guess yeah. we read on. Yeah. And so here are the four business reasons for joining TikTok, uh, according to this Realtor Mag article. Number one, claim your profile. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have my, when I first joined TikTok, they wouldn't release my name but at Byron Lazine, which is where you can find me on TikTok. And uh, You needed took, a number, right? Didn't it make I had you have a, a number? number? And then I kept trying to change it. And then after like about a month, I did get my my username. So at least storing your username, I think does make sense. Right. Uh, claiming your profile. Yeah. So, and that's what they say here. Even if you don't plan on use the app, set it up because you may, it may become the next Instagram and you're now forced into right. using it for business. Right. Well, right. it also, it leads into, you know, yeah. react. Number two, Number react. Two. You can have TikTok check your contacts to let you know who's using the app. So you can see kind of what's happening in your local market. Maybe right. somebody's doing something really special on TikTok. And, uh, and maybe you want to interview them on your podcast or maybe they're just doing a great job supporting the local community and, and you want to highlight them in your blog. There could be a lot of different ways to react just outside of the app on what's happening in, right. in your community. Well, I do think that they're saying that it's important for you to react to some of these videos just so that they then obviously see your name if yep. you're commenting. I mean, I love when people leave comments on my posts. It yep. makes you feel good. Number three, yeah, and so that's kind of the direct is react within the app. But I think there's right. a lot of ways for you, if somebody's doing a good job in your community, to react um, on the platforms that you have. Number three, repurpose your videos. I think TikTok actually does have the best feature of any app to share directly into whether it's Snapchat or Instagram stories or Facebook it stories. It is so time consuming. I think it took me almost three. Remember when I was doing the lacrosse videos for yeah. my husband? Oh my goodness. It took me almost three day, three days to master the clips oh. and then the edit and then the song. Yeah. Oh, well, you were learning the editing skills. And then it was like twirling here. Sam's laughing because Sam knows how long it takes to edit. You know? Oh, the, but the, tic, the TikTok, well, it, does, it, they make it look so easy. These, yeah. these, these young children. Well, they, have no, they don't have like children that they're watching in a job and it was like my brain wanted to, to make. swell uh, but. number four be ahead of the curve you always want to stay ahead of the curve and 
and be able to show your, especially sellers, if you're a listing agent, another right. avenue outside of Zillow of how you're gonna get attention onto your listings and, and your inventory. Listen, my two cents, you should not be focusing, uh, if you take all your marketing plan, your marketing time, everything you're doing in marketing, you shouldn't be focusing more than maybe two, 3% of your time and your marketing efforts and campaigns on the app of TikTok. Still today, most of your consumers, if you're selling real estate, are gonna be living on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and reading your blogs and that kind of stuff. Radi I would, I've said it on the 5am call recently, radio right now, if I'm running ads here in September of 2020, I'm running ads on the radio. I'm running ads on talk radio. Why? There's something coming up in November that people are tuning in and listening to. I wanna run ads in the room where people are paying attention. Hmm. And, you're, and the people that are buying homes today in quarter four of 2020, they're not spending all their time on TikTok. They're, oh, no. they're consuming information right. on the, whether it's like we're advertising right now in the, uh, for 66 High Street New Development here, we're advertising in the Wall Street Journal. Right. Our end consumer for a million plus unit is likely, more likely to be Wall no. Street Journal than TikTok. Absol I mean, I think TikTok's just fun. I mean, that, yeah. I, I, I lose hour, like it just actually, TikTok just makes me happy. Yeah, I feel no, like it, it just makes me happy. It's a great time waster. It's a great outlet for wonderful time waster. Uh, it's, the, it's the best time waster. It's insane. Uh, <laughs> that being said, you should, as a marketer, as a business operator, you should pay attention to it. You should probably dabble with it a little bit. But we're talking less than five percent of what you do if you're a real estate professional selling real estate in any market in, in America. It's, I mean, unless you're like. Uh, you know, selling homes to these TikTokers in California. They're all buying in California. So that'd be like, I guess, the one market that'd be an outlier. But generally speaking, less than 5% of your time on TikTok. Hmm. Be aware of it, though. There it is. And it seems like it's here to stay, even though there's this new one now. What is it called? Thriller? Thriller. Triller. Tr yeah, you're right. Tr Triller. Triller. Yeah, you couldn't call it Thriller. I bet you that's all trademarked. A little fun fact, too. The most famous TikToker, Charlie D'Amelio, D'Amelio. D. You Charlie. know exactly who she is. I know exactly. You're making you're making it sound. Like I don't you know don't. how. I don't. I know exactly who she is. I don't know how to say her last name. Demilio. Oh. I think. Uh, she's Connecticut. She is. She's, she's actually right next to Stanford, so yeah. it'll be interesting. Very she's close out in Norwalk. To yeah. I think she spends most of her time in California now. That's that's what happens when you get famous. You go to Cali. You just like, hey, I'm going to fly to California. Oh, I think she has a place there. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know a lot about her. Yeah. Charlie, 88 million followers as of this video. So, all right, in the comments, if you're using TikTok, let us know. Very much more interested in that first racket. Should agents uh, be forced to disclose their referral fees to consumers? Love your two cents on that one. Yep. All right. Yep. Nicole? Yep. Nice t-shirt, by the way. Hey, thanks. Little, little package store. Spencer and Lynn, you know? Oh, I have my corkscrew on the back. <laughs> Killing all right, it guys, today. keep it real. See ya.